Welcome to the Numbers Game. I'm Jason. I'm here with Nick and Marty. Great to be joined with you boys. What's happening? How are we both? Going really well, thanks, Jace. Uh, very stimulated about today's episode. I'm going all social media and digital with Zuckerberg and Musk. And uh, Musk is not yet in jail as uh, Nick's prediction at the end of last year. But it's not to say that's not going to happen. So let's just watch this space. Uh, Nick, how are you, my friend? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I've got six months to go, so it could still happen. And I think it was you that was saying that um, Elon Musk and uh, Zuckerberg have challenged each other to a cage fight. Is that happening? Yeah, yeah that, so, that was happening. But his mum, his mum, Musk's mum said no on Twitter. So she's, she's put a stop to it. She's shut it down. So it's good to see that mummy still... It's got uh, Elon's back, even with all those billions in the account. It could almost be back on this cage fight after some of the recent things that we may be discussing today. But uh, on the um, predictions, though, I did talk about the Bombers winning winning a game for the first time in like how 15 years, a uh, finals game, I should say, in 15 years. And Nick, uh, in recent weeks, the Bombers and the Crows faced off uh, by the time this episode goes live. Uh, did you happen to catch the game? Uh, I watched the second half, but uh, yeah, Bombers were too good, mate. Bombers are too good. Good I feel. I still feel like we're a better side, Um, as strange as that might sound. But um, that sounds strange. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to explain my wife last night. I was trying to explain (laughs) to my wife last night. (laughs) Watching the game, I was like, I still think we're a better side. You know, we had more mm. of the ball and, you know, we just weren't capitalising. She just looked at me like, you idiot. <laughs> like, you just got pants. So, anyway, <laughs> all good. Happy to see the Bombers doing well for uh, for you two boys. So That's all right. Well, it's it's very quick to go. By the time this goes live, who knows, we've had to play Geelong between now and then. And we may have that, – that simply losing to Geelong will drop us from fifth till about ninth or tenth on the ladder. It's very tight in that space. So, uh you know, hopefully my prediction for the year still goes well. I mean, the AI prediction that AI would be everywhere. I mean, it's, yeah, over seven months into the 2023 calendar year and it's probably not as hot as I would have liked it to be. There's a bit of noise, but, you know, there's plenty going on. But before we fire into today's episode, I'd just like to say that it's brought to you by the team at Future Advisory that are pumping away in tax return land at the moment. So if you do need to get your tax returns sorted, futureadvisory.com.au. There's a book online button in the top right-hand corner. and check in with the team and see uh, what you can get back from the tax man because it's been a bit of an interesting year for a lot of people who are having a bit of financial pain with their refunds and almost getting tax bills as well. So there's some weird stuff going on and if you can't do it yourself, get an expert to help you out. So today, Marty, you've talked a little bit earlier about you starting to get onto social media. So I didn't know if you had a phone that uh, allowed you to connect to the internet. I thought, you know, but if you if you do, what, what have you found, Marty? What's this new social media contraption you're talking about thank you again for uh insulting <laughs> my age uh jace i, I, I wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a week think... in my life without copying something on gray hair or being immobile so is this but... the um is this the string in the cup thing you were talking about marty you can you can tell what your neighbors are up to yeah you put two <laughs> cans together and it has to be a certain type of string that bunnings don't uh, sell it anymore which is a bit disconcerting no, as you know, boys, I've been losing myself in uh, the digital platforms and socials over the weekend. Uh, threads, threads, you would have heard about it. It's probably been up and running for about three weeks. And it's, it's I guess, an equivalent to Twitter in this Zuckerberg and Elon Musk war. Uh, but I think very clever from Zuckerberg, 
Uh, there's no ads on this threads. It's it's basically aesthetically more pleasing. There's probably about 10% more functionality than what uh, Twitter has. Like you can have 500 characters, you can do videos, everything you like to do in sharing, share on each other's posts. And uh, you can't yet personally message someone on threads, which uh, is a big no-no. I think they need to change that. But it's um, fascinating. They have attracted 90 million downloads and users onto the Threads platform within virtually the first three days. So by the time we're, we'll be going out on air, it's probably going to be well over 100 million. Um, and just to give you some scope, I don't know whether this is a competitive advantage that Zuckerberg's trying to get or he's just trying to absolutely kill off Elon. Um, Instagram already has 2.4 billion monthly active users. Twitter only has 396 million active uh, users, but traditionally they're very loyal, the Twitter mm. users. But this is giving Twitter users a chance to actually abandon the platform and come over into Instagram and threads. And the experience, and just hearing I have nephews and you know, people a lot younger than me, Jace, uh, using the platform already, and they're saying what's nice about it is it's all about you know, community connection and commu and communication again. Um, no ads on the platform yet, but as if that's not going to change ultimately. Mm. Uh, but they're saying it's it's just at its very infancy stage, so everyone's really excited about it. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. It's a very simple uh, boarding onboarding process to get threads. The other thing that I really like that Zuckerberg has done here, uh, apart from the cage match with Elon, is that if you start up threads, um, you start up an account, in order to cancel that account, you have to cancel Instagram altogether. So it's very smart play in regards to getting that user base traction up and then maintaining it as well. I thought what, a, what an interesting strategic move. Um, so, yeah, so I thought how how much does competition play a role in this and how much is it just Zucca going for the jugular here? I'm, I'm not quite sure. I think competition's healthy and we can relate that to our own industries. But what, what are your general thoughts on it, lads? Well, I think it's smart from Zuckerberg because Twitter's in a bit of trouble, which is why Elon's come in. Um, what do you think? I'm interested in the fact that you can't, you have to close your Instagram account if you don't have a Threads account. I should explain myself, Nick. If you've got an Instagram account um, and you don't use Threads, you just can have your Instagram account. But if you do download Threads and you want to utilize it to cancel it, then you have to cancel both. So you don't have to take it up. But if you want to um, log on to uh, Threads and then you want you say it's not for me, you then have to cancel your whole Instagram account. Still, it's still pretty harsh. I would have thought it is. Because uh, most, yeah, look, looking at the way things are going, it's most people would be anti that these days. Mm. And I'm not sure if that would have a positive or a negative impact. They may look to change it too. I mean, at the moment, it was just I, I set up a couple of accounts over the weekend, um, and it was just seamless. If you if you decide to use Instagram to set up your threads, which I think is the main thing they're doing at the moment, just while they, you know, they've launched a quick, you know. Uh, what do you call it? Like a fast startup version of, of a product. Like it's definitely so far from their finished version. I think they're 
we're just going to test the waters and see how it went. And then, you know, if enough users adopt it, then they can go all in on it. And I think um, proof will be in the pudding at the moment that the amount of users that have jumped on, the interaction, people then posting from threads back onto their Instagram stories. And then that's driving engagement. Because if you're on Instagram and you didn't know what threads was, chances are over the weekend you saw other people putting their threads back onto their Instagram. Whereas, you know, Twitter, people go there and add some stuff to Twitter and then you kind of don't then send it somewhere else. So yeah, the integration's quite interesting between Instagram and threads. I don't think long-term, if you decided to shut down threads, that'd make you delete your Instagram. I don't think that'll be a long-term thing because when you think about that, that's kind of counterintuitive to the share Mm -hmm. value of Meta. If you're making users cancel and you're losing a subscriber of Instagram just because they want to shut down their threads. So I think that'll be a long-term thing they'll change up. But from a competition and, and industry type of thing, you know, why this was brought to our attention and, you know, why I think it hit you, Marty, was just just how, you know, vulnerable some companies can be to being copied or, you know, having a competitor come along and do something the same or better than them. So obviously that's important to protect your brand and protect to protect your IP. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out in courts. I mean, Elon Musk is talking about suing Zuck already. Um, Zuckerberg went on to Twitter and did a tweet for the first time in 10 years. So like, this is like, you know, two of these tech billionaires having an, they're, you know, this is an online version of that cage fight that we may not get to see, Marty, but um, there's this meme where two Spider-Mans point at each other and they're dressed the same. It's like, hey, you know, I'm you and you're me. And twi- um, Elon, um, Zuck posted that to Elon being like, hey, here I am copying Twitter, like a blatant, like just absolute F you to, to Elon's face. And the whole Twitter and thread world went wild. They're like, look at this, you know? And so I know it's driving a lot of attention and I'm sure Meta's share price probably took a hit after all this investment into the metaverse that doesn't seem to have kind of gone anywhere. And this could have been a little bit of a Hail Mary for, for Zuck to kind of bring back some share value and some, uh, some excitement for the investors. And look, to be honest, well, yeah, as I said, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out because it's, it doesn't seem kind of right to be able to just copy somebody else's business model. And, and launch a product that's exactly the same as somebody else's. And from the word going around, it's that a lot of the Twitter, Twitter employees that were sacked by Elon actually got hired by Meta. So not only did Zuck, you know, create this new platform that looks like Twitter, feels like Twitter, performs in a similar way to Twitter, but he's also got Twitter, ex-Twitter employees working on developing this, this software. So... I know it's going to be an interesting one to see how it plays out, but I guess the message for for people out there that have businesses or have ideas is to look at look at how you can launch it, look at how you can protect it, and um, if you are going to have something that can be copied, you need to make sure that you're fast to move into the market and that you you know give your users a reason not to leave you and go somewhere else. Well, they always say from a you know in, in any business the most important things are the need for what you do. So certainly a need. People want to communicate online. Your ability to do it, which is basically what sets you apart, and how difficult is it to replace you is the third thing. Mm. And it sounds like you know what, what Elon has is very replaceable. Whether it's legal to be able to do this, I guess that will play out. But they're three really important components when you're specialising in any business or industry. And I, I relate it back to our finance industry in going, we have so many brokers um, that have access to the similar products. And I'm going, well, what's our, 
what's our competitive edge? You know, what's our point of difference? And it comes down to your ability to do it. It's like, I mean, we yeah, we can be replaced by the next mortgage broker or the next financial planner, but it's our ability to do it and also to integrate various different services around it that creates that point of difference in the market. So we become very difficult to replace in that standpoint. Many businesses in our industry have those components as well, but not not more than 10%. So it's mm-hmm. like you're playing you're you're playing in a in a unique field but you certainly have to think about that as a business owner uh otherwise you could be very easily replaced it's the same thing as a if you take it from an employee standpoint you always want to be of value in the same way because again you know if your ability is unique to someone else even though you're doing a similar service and you're getting traction out there in the market that's your own unique point of difference as well so it can happen at an individual level and also at a company level but the one thing i know and it's the same as we talked about comedy the last episode uh the last couple of episodes and you know there's no new ideas it's just reimagined ideas of the same thing coming together in new ways which is always fascinating so I guess there are legalities around things, trademarks, uh, mm. patents, all sorts of things to protect ideas, which you need. Otherwise, everyone would just be duplicating the crap out of each other. Um, but I, I like it. I, I like sometimes being second to market is actually quite interesting. Mm. You can get great scale, but it's amazing when you can learn off someone else's mistakes and then you incorporate other industries that you see and you bring in unique concepts together in their own way that and that's what people say is original but really it's taking components from different industries so there's lots of different ways to do it but yeah it's certainly it's certainly interesting <laughs> look this whole episode's not just going to be to focus on threads we did find it quite interesting and yeah who knows that after this is uh this isn't going live for a couple of weeks and uh, it'll be interesting to look back and see how threads is actually going right now or if the whole world's blown up and elon and zuck have uh you know, taking each other out. And I actually saw a funny tweet right before we recorded this that somebody tweeted Zuckerberg and said, you should also go to space because that would really make Elon <laughs> mad if you did that. And then, That's a um, great idea. And then Elon tweet like retweeted it or shared it and said, Zuck is a cuck. Um, and then <laughs> just left it at that. I'm like, these, these are big billionaires just having uh, childish fights online with each other. It's uh, quite interesting. But um. Nick, we're going to go back in time a little bit to a lesson that was learned by Pepsi. You might, would mind sharing that story for us? Kind of falls in line with our um, competition and copying people's ideas. And I guess it goes back to the the Coke versus Pepsi uh, battle, which I guess is still going on. I don't really know. Um, the what was really interesting uh, well just just firstly to say i watched a, a documentary on netflix called pepsi where is my jet uh, i couldn't stop watching it actually once i got into it it was it was awesome so i think it was four or five episodes um but it goes back to the coke versus pepsi battle and pepsi were obviously second on to the market so the the advertising um budget that they had was massive and you, know, you think back to the 90s um I can remember those days, but ads were a big thing and ads were pretty cool. And there was a lot of money that got pumped into ads. And um, they showed some of the Pepsi ads back then. You had you know, Cindy Crawford was in the Manny Pacquiao, um, Shaquille O'Neal, just big names that would have charged huge money because 
they needed to get market share and they needed to get it quick off off Coke. So um, <clears throat> anyway, this the documentary is based on a particular ad um, where they were running a campaign where you could uh, gain Pepsi points by buying and drinking Pepsi. Uh, whether or not you drank it, it was up to you, but by buying the Pepsi, you could gain Pepsi points. And then you had a catalogue um, where you could spend those Pepsi points on things like um, you know, sunglasses and jackets and hats and whatnot. Anyway, they had this really cool ad. I thought it was cool anyway. And they showed this kid getting out of bed, uh, gets up, puts his pep- Pepsi jacket on, walks outside, um, puts his Pepsi sunnies on, and then um, and <laughs> they show him landing at school in a jet. So all the kids are in the classroom and all the papers are flying around. Next thing you know, this jet lands and this kid gets out of the jet. And all through the ad they had, um, when he puts the glasses on, it said Pepsi sunglasses, you know, 200 points. Um, Pepsi jacket, 400 points. And then it said um, um, Harrier jet, Pepsi Harrier jet, 7 million points. And then, the, and then the ad finished, you know, and this kid puts his sunnies up and said it beats getting the bus or something. It all sounds pretty normal to now um, and pretty, uh, you know, just, just, just like a normal cool ad back in the 90s. But um, this young guy called Leonard watched it. He was 20 years old and he saw an opportunity to get the jet. So what he'd figured out was there was no disclaimer on the points. So the, the offer or the, the points given for the jacket was correct. The points given for the sunglasses were correct. Um, but then they had 7 million points for this, for this jet. So his mind got ticking um, and he's like, okay, I'll just need to get 7 million points. How do I do this? Uh, he knew a guy that he'd met through, um, uh, just through, through life who was quite, quite wealthy and would back and who decided he would back him on this and we're going to go and get, get this jet off Pepsi for 7 million points. Drew up a business plan, worked out they'd need warehouses to house the um, all the Pepsi they needed to buy. Um, they worked out they'd need employees. Did the business plan and worked out it would cost about four point three million dollars um, to to buy that amount of Pepsi. Still cheap because these jets were worth thirty two million, I think, from memory. And this is this is US. Yeah. So anyway, that didn't work. So the guy shut it down, um, and then. Quite some time later, not too far down the track because the competition was still going on, uh, he sees uh, like a cardboard cutout marketing stand thing in a 7-Eleven shop or some kind of shop, picks up the catalogue, starts flicking through it, you know, thinking what could have been, and he sees in the fine print 10 cents. Similar to Qantas, if you don't have enough points to buy something, you can buy the points for 10 cents each. So this guy worked out, well, 10 cents each for a point that gets me a jet delivered for about 700,000 because I only need 7 million points. So he goes back to the guy who was going to invest in him, tells him the story, goes, let's do it. So they cut a check for 700 grand to Pepsi. They send the check to Pepsi and this is where it all kicks off. Pepsi basically shut it down and send, a, um, send, send him two vouchers and the check back or something. Um, anyway, this turned into a <clears> – <throat> tell me to fix that up. Anyway, this turned into a four-year saga, three to four-year saga um, of Pepsi versus uh, this this young guy Leonard and and his backers. Um, he was saying there was no disclaimer on the ad. Um, it was a legitimate offer. Is the is the legal path they were going down that seven million points would get the jet? 
Um, they had some other things that they dug up on Pepsi, like um, Pepsi actually uh, misprinted some some bottle caps for another competition in the Philippines. And some people thought they'd won a million dollars, basically. Um, but it was because of the misprint on the bottle caps. I think it was about five. Uh, Pepsi didn't pay up. Um, there was actually riots and whatnot in the Philippines when it didn't happen. So it went down this path of you know, these big corporates um, that want to throw things out there. And did Pepsi know what they were doing or didn't they know what they were doing? And this is where it got really interesting because what happened after this guy had sent them the 700000 and was chasing the, the jet, um, go back a step, he, he did actually get a settlement offer. So in their first meeting, he got offered 750k. Uh, he didn't take it. He wanted the jet. So um, what the, what happened post um, post him um, first going at Pepsi is they they changed it to um, 70 million. Then they changed it to 700 million points. Um, then they had another ad come out, and underneath it, they had a uh, just kidding. So they were, they, were, they were admitting default by doing mm. that. So this is all the legal terms that started to come out. Um, they also worked out that they had a disclaimer in Canada. So when the ad came out in Canada, when it originally came out, it had a disclaimer. The American one didn't. So the argument was then, okay, well, what did you really, did you really think that, you know, were you trying to make kids think this was actually possible so they would buy more Pepsi, you know? Now, any... <laughs> I'll go, to, I'll go to the end and it all got thrown out of court after three or four years ago. Um, they had a corporate lawyer that said, look, no, no normal person would expect that is a legitimate offer. Um, and they, they had some reasons as, as to why not. But they were going down the path of, you know, big corporates um, trying to, can, you know, brainwash kids on what is possible. Um, so, yeah, look, it was a really cool doco. Um, I actually thought that this is i could see marty vitikovic doing this as a kid going okay seven million points ten cents i still have some points uh i can make this uh i can make this work um but yeah i thought it was cool um david versus goliath story um so if anyone is looking for something interesting on netflix a a doco watch uh pepsi where is my jet oh i I quite like it i mean especially thinking about you know twitter existed and then threads has come out Coke, Coca-Cola existed and then Pepsi became the next player in the market. So it's just the lessons learned about, you know, if there is enough space in the market, more than one competitor doing something very similar. And, um, you know, because of course there's going to be slight differentials to both kind of offerings, right? When you're talking Coke and Pepsi, some people really prefer Pepsi over Coke and then others are like, no, Coca-Cola is way better. And, um, but yeah, I mean, the lessons learned in, you know, how not to market and advertise and how to do things properly. But what was interesting, um, every, every person they interviewed did the Pepsi Coke challenge. So they gave them two cups, one with Coke, one with Pepsi with obviously low labels. Um, and they had to drink it and go with their preferred. And I think it was Pepsi was six, four or six, five or something. Uh, no, sorry, Coke was. Coke actually won. It was almost like a, a screw you Pepsi kind of moment at the end, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not having a go at your age here, Marty, but you probably thought, you probably remember the ads. But I don't, I don't remember the ads. I was, I'm being serious. I was too young. So I, they were talking about Pepsi being the really cool brand. Coke was the brand that everyone drank, everyone drank and Pepsi had to come in and be different. So they had to be cool, which is why they had Cindy Crawford. They had Shaquille O'Neal. 
yeah, I don't remember those ads, but that's the that's what they were going for. Back in the day, it was uh, it was certainly a big battle on TV, and uh, not that I can remember much anymore given my age. But it's um, yeah, Pepsi was certainly prominent in trying to be cool, but Coke tasted better, and Coke was it. You know, that was the ad. Coke is it. It was like, well, yeah, Pepsi's trying, but Coke is it. And it mm. was like that was, um, yeah, they were they were always battling. And what what I really loved about that story, though, Nick, is the specialised knowledge and just the intellect of that guy having a crack and and also working out when to spend that time and effort and money in trying to do something like that and when it's bordering on absolutely ridiculous and crazy. Because mm. I know mm. a lot of people that are intellectual geniuses, but what's the result you're trying to get out of? going through that whole process. So that would have been incredible if he got that payout and secured the mm. payout. That would have been the real story, yeah. the 750 that Pepsi it, were offering. Do you regret not taking the check? You'd have to. Uh, it's like deal or no deal. Yeah, <laughs> no, he definitely did. He definitely did. But I can understand his thinking, right? First first meeting uh, and he gets offered 750K. Yeah. So that's yeah. got to say, okay, well, we've got something here. Um, but there are, there are, the reality is, and this is what the court said, this is purely a money grab. No yep. one was, um, disadvantaged here. Uh, it was meant to be a joke. It should have been taken as a joke. Um, it's obviously a money grab. Um, you know, the, the, the lawyers can spin that they're trying to brainwash kids all they want, but the reality is it's a money grab from, from, from the people that were driving it. Um, but you know, all up, all the way up until the end, because I was telling Marty this morning, I actually forced myself not to Google it after the first episode and find out if he won or not. Um, all the way up until the end, I was like, I think he's going to get paid. I think he's going to get paid, and then he just doesn't. Um, and they they're unlucky in the end because they've got they got the wrong judge really. Um, and it was quite apparent that you know Pepsi had you know a lot of cash um, and a pretty big legal team, and they it was always going to be a hard one to win and they got a judge who was very pro big corporate, um, which was probably the nail in the coffin. Well, so. I think it changed a lot of the disclaimer laws at the time as well. Like people became yep. very tight with their advertising uh, throughout many different industries, not only uh, yeah, products. So it was, um, yeah, it's, I, I do remember it and it was, uh, it was a great story. And I, I just think that particularly because Charlie at the moment, my son, he's collecting coins and it's like he's buying coins and getting coins at face value and he knows what the upside of that value is because that's what he loves doing. So it's really interesting when you're talking about that, I'm thinking about what he's doing in securing these coins at the real price as opposed to what he knows the heightened price is based on his own studies of what they're selling him for. But again, it's a strategy, specialised knowledge. Um, they were... They were looking for a way and utilising their intelligence and their resources to find a, a gap and a point of difference in the market. Um, so there's some really good, some really good things to that. But also, like you said, it's got to be uh, it's got to be fair and reasonable too. That was uh, it. Makes for a great story, though. That's for sure. Oh, definitely. Well, hopefully you've enjoyed a bit of a light-hearted episode, Threads versus Twitter and Coca-Cola versus Pepsi, and unpacking a few of the things going on. If you haven't seen that doco on netflix go and check it out and uh until next time thank you for listening 
Um, give us a like. Follow us on Threads if that's a thing. Is it a follow on Threads? I don't know. But we're, the Numbers Game Podcast has done its first thread, if that's even what it's called. So get over there, like it, share it, thread it, post it, and uh, share us with a friend. We love uh, having new listeners. And uh, until next time. I think you got to tie the thread. Game over.